Alright, good, good. Alright, so we've been talking about uh, uh, wisdom strength. Uh, at least, at least wish we talked about that last week, and I know it was the, uh, the strength of a man weakened, uh, but the Lord uh, really highlighted this for us. I, I don't know if you want to call what's going on almost like a wilderness, you know. Uh, I mean, it's, it puts you in a position where you're, you're, uh, you can't do all the things that you would normally do. You're in a wilderness, there's no, there's no, uh, not a whole lot of TVs, not a whole lot of activities. You ain't going to the movies. You know, there's a whole lot of things that's limited, you know, kind of put you in a position where, hey, guess what? Take the time out to hear from God. That would be good, right? And so we said uh, God's strength. We said this last week. God's strength begins at your place of weakness, at your place of quit. And so a lot of times you get into a certain position where it feels like wilderness. And we're going to talk about the value of the wilderness in a second. And you're tempted to quit. But the scripture says in uh, Second. Second Corinthians, if we can turn there. Second Corinthians twelve started at verse seven. I, I read through this, you know, years ago, coming up as a Christian, as a young Christian, and it's really helped me because I think, if and I think this is what God wants us to see through His teaching that that it costs something. You know, Scripture says. Who uh, builds a house and doesn't count the cost in Luke 14? This is what, what person goes into war and doesn't measure if you have enough soldiers. What person builds a house and doesn't measure if you have enough tools? What person crosses over to establish a life in the kingdom and doesn't measure what it costs to get what God has for him? Like who expects the promised land without measuring what it takes to receive the promise? Now, when I say that, it, 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 that's, a, that's an actual question but it also could be a rhetorical question at the same time because a lot of people are expecting things independent of what it costs you know like, like you know you have people that you have guys that are expecting a perfect mate but they're not the perfect mate not, not because they're evil they just we live a life where you know, you know when you're young we were talking about children the other day when you're young your kids can have expectations, right, that they're not even meeting. You know, they can look at you like, what's wrong with you? You know, and then you probably can say, well, what's wrong with you? You know, like, like, like or in a relationship, we can have, ex I can have an expectation. Well, uh, sweetheart, you need to be more patient. Now! <laughs> yeah, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not even patient. You know what I'm saying? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, you, we, can, we can have these uh we live a life where we, we, we play off of desires that we don't meet. We live a life that we play off of desires that we don't meet. You know, and I, I've told you my testimony to how I finally awakened to be ready for this wonderful woman. And, uh, and I, uh, you know, I was spending some time with God. I was growing in the Lord. And uh, I was like, Lord, I, need, I want the perfect woman. And he's like, what's she going to get? And then he showed me a visual of what that woman that I was believing for wanted, and it scared the life out of me. I was like, I ain't that guy. <laughs> I was like, man of God in the word. So uh, that particular day, just so happened to be here, uh, that particular day I was uh, reading. So I said, well, I'm going to have to really get into the word. And I just started reading. You know, just uh, that's that's where really why I got in the word. I got in the word like I did. You probably you see all that writing in there. So you see that Romans five, Romans eight, Romans nine. Huh? Oh yeah, it's all types of stuff in there. Now, now I'm 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 get going somewhere. Uh, so that particular day. That, partic that particular day, I don't know if you can get this, right? I was reading through uh, Galatians. Can they get that? Can, can she see that? So I was reading through Galatians. So this is this, this day, this is day right before, this is on my lunch break. I was reading through Galatians in this Bible. So, so I was highlighting <laughs> the stuff that stood out to me. As you can see, it's all pink. Well, it used to be red. Right, but that's the whole book of Galatians. You can see it's kind of, you know, I call this my scrolls, right? This is my Bible. 
This, Diane, when you see this, this is this is what I've done to the Bible you gave me in 1988. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is this is my scrolls. So I started to really get in the word because I said I wanted to uh I wanted to be what I desire. I want this you keep saying thank you, Lord. Alright, so <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, so I wanted to be what I desired. Yeah, I'm, I'm emphasizing that we're talking about wilderness strength, but I wanted to be what I desired. So, 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 so I'm in a process at that point of going through a wilderness now, because now I'm not just looking for what I want. I'm trying to be what that person needs. And for my most of my life, I'm not looking at. It. I'm like I'm like any other guy. I have my list. I have my my list. I, I had a list. Now, well, I say any other guy, maybe people didn't have a list, but I did have a list way back in high school. Now, think about a high school student. Okay, so she's in high school. Is the only person in high school in here? All right, so you, you're, oh, uh, I'm sure Tia's back there somewhere. All right, oh, there you go. <laughs> All right, but, but so, so imagine, again, of course, they probably feel that they're at a, a level of grownness, feel that they're at a level of grownness. You notice how I emphasize feel. Um, but, but, but think about when you were teenagers. You're writing a list for the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with. How does that list look? Well, let's see. You know, they got to like hot tamales. Um, they better like skating. Uh, you better like basketball. You know, you better look good. I ain't gonna be with no ugly babe. You know, so so so. I mean, what does that list look like? <laughs> if you think about it, like, I mean, you know, you know, she better be somebody that people on campus think I'm sweet. You know, so you 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 yeah, better do everything I say. Don't question nothing I say. I need somebody who don't question me ever. <laughs> so, so we're saying that like it's funny, right? But, but some people haven't grown past that list. <laughs> right? Right? So <laughs> he's like, that, that looks like my list right now. I'm grown. <laughs> but... <laughs> So, so, so what I'm saying is, 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 is at that point, it, like you, you grow most of your life until you really run into God and you run into God and God starts to show you, you. And that's, you know, now, now that starts a wilderness process because it, it, like you, you, you don't live life trying to adjust yourself. You, you live life adjusting everybody around you. You know, I mean, just it's like a reflex. You know, I'm like right now, some of y'all at the house are complaining, you know, because this person is not doing things the way you would do it. Or, or you could be driving down the highway and be like, well, why you ain't just take that turn over there? Because that's not the way I want to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I, uh, why are you in this lane? Well, I'm going to change lanes when I get up there. But me, I would have changed a long time ago. Right? Amen. So you spent. <laughs> <laughs> you, like you spend your whole time like trying to get the person to well, well you should have did it this way because we do it we, I mean because we, we're we're as one but we have different personalities so we do it we both do it but, but, but each person when they're looking at the other person is like all you have to do is this like and I say that a lot but guess what I watch her she says it a lot well, all you have to do is this <laughs> you know Right, but I don't. I don't process things that way. And she doesn't process. I'm like, baby, all you had to do is go this, that, another. Well, this is the way I want to do it. Right? <laughs> is that like an amen, sister? <laughs> all right. So, so I'm saying that to say, this wilderness, Second Corinthians 12, tell, it, it tells us something. It says, "Lest I should be exalted above measure." Through the abundance of revelation. That means I realize things. I see things. I process things. And I'm now a lot more confident in what I see, right? 
lest I should be exalted through the abundance of re revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a message of Satan abuffing me. So now I'm kind of, I'm not just overconfident now. It says, lest I should be exalted above measure. So above measure, is, he's constantly saying presumptuous or being overconfident, right? It says, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. Lord, just give me a break here so I can get back in my comfort zone, right? It says, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. So he's saying you're overconfident makes you strong in yourself and your abilities. But if I can get you to, to, to offer all of yourself to me, that's when my power kicks in. He says, gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. All right, so and the scripture says he gives power to the faint, that them that have no might, he gives strength. So here, this is talking about how we get into a situation where it looks like we're not as strong or not as confident or not as, we're not in control. You know, I'm a, you know I always talk about sports, I'm an athlete. The best games I ever played is when I wasn't really prepared. For, the, for that matter, the best sermons that I've ever gotten responses to is when I wasn't prepared. When I say not prepared, obviously I live a life where I absorb the word. I'm talking about where I wasn't confident in all my time in study. I, I couldn't. You know, uh, I think uh, the Sunday after fast week, it was so much going on, moving and fasting and moving this and the other. The, the Lord gave me a sermon the night before, gave me a few scriptures, says, okay, well, I'll see you tomorrow. We're going to go teach that. I was like, no, no, we ain't going to break this down. He said, no, 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 you got enough. So I was like, okay, this is going to be a little different. We're on the end of fast week. I just got these scriptures. I'm supposed to read these scriptures out and then the Holy Spirit will take it from there. But he's not going to tell me where he's going to take it until I preach it. But no, no, see, I'm the guy that I spend hours and hours of study. I pour out all these pieces. It may be like, it could be seven pages. Then the Holy Spirit works with me to carve it out into a couple of pages or a page and a half breaks down the bullet points where I have keys and every time I read a key it's going to express all that time that I spent with God and all the information in it. That's how I preach a sermon. Mm -hmm. No, no, not you just give me a few scriptures and see me tomorrow. That's how we rolling? <laughs> yeah, but see, in my time of weakness, he showed up even stronger. You understand what I'm saying? It's the same thing. It's just it's like, you'll be amazed how when you can just yield to Christ, okay? So the wilderness helps us with this, right? It, see, because the key to the wilderness is practicing the presence of God. The key to the wilderness, one of the keys of being in the wilderness is it assists you in practicing the presence of God. And so, so, so practicing his presence is, is operating in silence, solitude, and prayer. Silence, solitude, and prayer. Silent solitude and prayer. So, so when I get into a wilderness situation, I don't have the other things that the, I don't have the noise, right? I don't have all the 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 the, the people and situations around me, and, and and I can lock in on prayer because I don't have all this, this these other voices and stuff like that. Like, so I can really communicate with God at a whole nother level, right? Because I don't have to go do this. What am I doing in the wilderness? There ain't much to do. Right? It's like right now, they ain't allowing people out the house. Lou was saying he's going through his neighborhood. He saw all types of people outside doing, uh, playing with chalk on the ground. He said, he said, each house, he's just seeing different people. He said, he ain't seen, he ain't know these people lived in the neighborhood. <laughs> right? As our, uh, our neighbors, they, they, you know, I think their church is closed, but I noticed every time we leave out the house, the wife's outside on the porch. And this morning, the husband and the wife were sitting outside. See, first of all, after a while, being at home, kind of wears on you you know what I'm saying like okay I done watched that movie done saw that show done binged on that now what right but it's, it's really an opportunity to connect with God all right silent solitude and prayer right and so it is important to make room in our lives to hear God's voice right express Christ's character and spend time in communion with the Holy Spirit so it's important for us, see, see, during this silent solitude and um, prayer, we get to hear God's voice, right? We get to express Christ's character 
and we get to spend time in communion with the Holy Spirit. Right? You know we don't have time for, for the Trinity when you're busy getting to the next thing and getting to the next thing and getting to the next thing and getting to the next thing. It's where we separate the uh, sacred from the profane or the secular. Because sometimes we kind of mix them in. You know, we live this life, and we call it balance. That's what we, we call it balance. We go, well, you know, you got you to balance. You got to have a balance in your life. You basically, you're saying, I'm, you know, I'm doing spiritual, but I got to do some secular. You know, just keep things balanced, keep things balanced. But we've been living in the secular our entire life. We just visit the spirit. That's not, it's not balance, or as we were talking about earlier today, it's not calibrated. You know, that's not an, that's not an uh, equal sum. But, but this, during this time, sometimes we're going too far. I'm going to say this respectfully. Sometimes we've gone too far. So the Bible says this. I was sharing this with a gentleman out of town. Ecclesiastes 8.11. It says, because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. The sentence. So you go to court. They pass a sentence, right? So that's what true judgment is. True judgment is I pass a sentence. Not I go, you're lazy, you're weak, you're, you're lying, you're fat, whatever. That's not passing the sentence. I'm not judging you. I'm, 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 I'm talking about what's the reality of how you're flowing, but I'm not passing a sentence to say what your intention is, right? So when the scripture says the sentence against the, 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 the whatever the, the, the challenge, the punishment, or the consequence or the cost against the evil work is not executed speedily. So God doesn't pay you for what you're sowing, you don't get what you don't get the reaping part right away. The scripture says you'll reap what you sow. It says it's not executed speedily. It says men find it in their heart to do evil. Cause they go, hey. Ain't nothing happening. Like, like you know, we know right from wrong, right? I mean, we can get into all the scriptures, thou shalt don't do this or this, that, and the other. Well, thus saith the Lord. Ah, that's nice. We know right from wrong. And so when we're wrong, even though we may, as we talked about yesterday at the funeral, we may be in denial or delusion, right? But there's something in us, go, ah, I know this is not right, but then we look around and go, ain't nothing happened. Looks like the coast is clear, not knowing what the word says. No, 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 no. When you slip, you get the opportunity to repent. So the payment for that, for that consequence or for that compromise is not executed speedily. It's not a pass for you to do more evil. Right? right? All right, so keep that in mind. Right? Keep that in mind. Scripture says God is slow in the shadow of turning. Right? So, so, so in this wilderness, we separate out. So we operate in the silent solitude and prayer. Practicing his presence. Uh, we separate the sacred from the profane. So the wilderness actually shows you, hey, what you've done to compromise, right? It's attached some weight to you, some, some, something that's corrupting your software. You keep coming to me for prayer. I want to answer your prayers now, but I can't because that will destroy what I'm trying to give you. And so the wilderness is all the other stuff is out the way. Hey. See, there's nothing to, no distractions, no nothing. So you can hear clearly. You can see clearer to, hey, guess what? The wilderness is also a place where you can, like, because the Bible says, uh, don't be ignorant of his devices. It says, watch out for the wiles of the devil, right? Right, the tricks. Guess what? In the wilderness, there's no tricks, right? You know why? Because in the wilderness, you can see the devil clearly. Like, one of the things, listen, I, you know, y'all know I'm a movie guy, but I don't know if you ever seen this. I think it's Seven Deadly Sins is the name of the movie. And so, so you know, this guy, he's murdering people, this, that, and the other. So, so he sends the guys out into the wilderness. And a lot of times, uh, there's another movie, uh, well, I can't think of the name of it. But, but, but what they do, they send people in the wilderness. You know why? Because in the wilderness, you can see who's attacking you. 
Like can't nobody hide. There's nothing to hide. And so uh, when you're in the wilderness, you see clearly the adversary. When you're not in the wilderness, you can see false evidence appearing real. He can use people. There's so many people. He could disguise himself. Right? You can think somebody really cares and they're deceiving you. But since it's so camouflaged, it's kind of hard to see it. But the wilderness, you can see clearly the depth. You can see clearly what's attacking you in your life. What's the delay? Guess what? You can see if it's the devil or you can see if it's you. Right? I mean, clearly. You can see if it's your cousin. Right? Because it could be your cousin. Right? Right? So there's no place in the wilderness for Satan to camouflage his deception. Right? So you see, in Luke chapter 4, which is, which is so powerful, Jesus went in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, he goes in right after, listen, this is so good. Wilderness, normally a lot of times it takes place right after you've elevated to a certain level. So, so Jesus had went through all this testing and this, that, and the other, and then he, he, you know, he's been living on earth for 30 years, patient. Now this, is, this guy shows up with power, comes from heaven, patient. He, you know, people talking to him, you know, uh, like he's just a little carpenter and uh, Jimmy fixed my porch or whatever. But he's patient going through his process. And then he gets to a point where, it's, okay, now it's time. So he goes, gets baptized by John. He submits himself unto John to get baptized. The Holy Spirit comes out of the sky. God speaks and says, this is my son who I'm well pleased. He's endorsed by God. He's at another level now. Now he ain't endorsed by, your, by uh, the pastor, uh, the manager, the CEO of the company, by God himself. The next thing that happens after that endorsement, Holy Spirit takes him into the wilderness. The next thing. So he's like, okay, so because he knows he's, God knows he's at another level and he knows, okay, at this level, there's going to be new devils or the devil in his particular case because he had all this power. And so he takes him into the wilderness and now he tests him. So the Bible says, I told you last week in Deuteronomy 8, 2, the wilderness, number one, is to humble you. See, decrease. In this time of weakness, you're strong. Number two is to prove you, to test you. And test you for what? To see if you would keep his commandments or not. Oh, oh, and so you wouldn't know what's in your heart. Because a lot of times as we're going through the process of life, we always tell ourselves, once God blesses me here, oh, I'm going to do this for God. I'm going to do that for God. And God goes, okay, you honor me with your lips, but your heart's far from me. You have the form of God in this, but you're denying the power of the earth. Or we're like Peter. I'll be with you no matter what. Nah, dude, before the cock crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. Why are you coming at me like that? That's how most of us would do. Listen, right now, you're not getting that promotion because I know when you get to that level, you're going to lose your mind and you won't handle it. Oh, so what you trying to say? I ain't ready for that? Who are you to tell me? That's what Peter did. Spending all that time with the Jesus and Jesus said, dude, you ain't ready yet. Oh, so it's like that now. What you mean I ain't ready? I'm telling you, you're going to deny me three times. No, no, I'm going to go with you wherever. I, listen, I'll give my life for you. This is what Peter was saying. He said, I'll give my life to you. But as soon as Jesus was captured, the first person, that one of the first people to deny him was Peter. Then they came back and talked to him. And they said, hey, wasn't you with me? Are oh, you talking about that one dude? I don't even know that dude. There's somebody else that was in the garden when he cut off the person's ear. It's like, wait a minute, man. I saw you in the garden. You the dude with that quick sword, right? He's like, listen, man. I wasn't with him, man. Yeah. And then somebody else comes to him. Man, that's something. Cussing. You lost your mind. Man, you better get out my face, right? I wasn't with him. Right? And then the, the cock crow. And then his heart dropped. Christ knew me better than I knew myself. I thought I would, I, I was ready, but I wasn't. Then later on, he gets filled with the Spirit. And after he gets filled with the Spirit, under extreme pressure, he wouldn't deny God. 
under extreme pressure. Man, listen, this ain't this ain't well, ain't nobody drunk up in here. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. God will pour out a spirit on all flesh. Now they're like, ain't this the same dude that was scared? See, that wilderness is to humble you, prove you, so you would know what's in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not. But some of us are in denial even when the wilderness show up. Can't believe God is punishing me. It ain't a punishment. All right? Listen, listen. The wicked don't get tested. The wicked get crushed. The righteous get tested. The wicked don't get tested. They get crushed. The, the righteous get tested. Right? The, all right, so, 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 so this wilderness is a benefit to us. Let's go to Matthew 5. It's a benefit to us. Because think about it. If I want to be strong, what the scripture just said is I have to ascribe to a level of decrease or I have to be weak in myself and my own strength. Right? Because the scripture says be strengthened with might in the inner man. Right? So it's not about my flesh and my ability. You have a, a family member that's dealing with stuff and you think you're supposed to be there for the rescue? But you can't really rescue your family. You can't keep up with everybody. Right? Eventually you, listen, you and the family both going to drown in the quicksand. So the family's in quicksand, they're like, help me. Oh, you're too good for me now, right? Y'all too good. you too good. You, oh, so you forgot where you came from. If you really love me, you come in here in the quicksand and save me. Well, you're both going to drown. You can't leave your position of, 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 of foothold and secure to go in that quicksand. You're not helping them. You can throw a rope down, though, can't you? They can pull themselves out. But you can't go in. But something in us says, I, got to, I have to be physically there in every situation. It's impossible. We're not, we, so we try to do it with our might and with our strength. So we don't trust our intercession, the fervent effectual prayers of the righteous, avail. We, we quote the scriptures, but we don't trust it. We don't think our prayer changes anything. Even though it makes us go directly to God, and God can help the situation better than us. But we think our hands-on, that's for us. That ain't for the person. That's what we feel comfortable. That ain't for the person. We're supposed to be doing what's best for them at the expense of us, not doing what's comfortable for us at the expense of their life. Right? All right, so just, just, just a thought. For some reason, I was supposed to say that. All right, so, so this wilderness is a benefit to us because we, we, we got we to get us out, right? Yeah, we got to empty out us, our might, our, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. That's Zechariah 4.10, I believe, right? So it's not our might and our power. John 3.30, I must decrease so he can increase, right? The, the purpose of the world is what? Humble you? That's, that's completely emptying of self. That's what humility is. Completely emptying of self. So when self is in the way, hey, hey, you're going to be in the wilderness a whole lot longer. So we're all going to go through wilderness. Everybody. You ain't getting around it. It's not a punishment. But some of us will get through because we're prepared to pass the test. See, Jesus was prepared to pass the test. No time. He's, he's in and out. Test number one, test number two, test number three. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Bam, out. All right, anything else? <laughs> I can just see Jesus go. Anything else? But some of us, like children of Israel, it was an 11-day journey. They was in there for 40 years. So some of us will be tested for 11 days and we still in a test. Because, like we talked about yesterday, we're in a denial and delusion and deception, right? We're not embracing the truth, right? So you see, I had a guy, he was uh, uh, starting a business and we had a business school at, our, at, our, at the last church. And so they did two things at the business school. Your first class will be feasibility. The second class will be a business plan. So, so, he, so he comes in, hot, comes in my office for counseling. Mr. Bradley, man, 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 these people tripping, man. I got a, I got a D on my feasibility because he's ready to start his business. I said, well, good. He was like, what do you mean good, man? These people tripping. I said, what, what is the purpose of the feasibility class? To see if your business idea is feasible. 
if you got a D, it ain't feasible. <laughs> like, like, that's not a punishment. You would have invested all these resources in something that's not feasible. Yes, it felt good, it sounded good, it looked good, it's a great idea. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. When you put it through the test, determines if it's feasible. Right? Well, we don't want to do that. We just want to do what we want to do. Right? Right? I'm going on this path. Okay, let's put it through the, let's put it through the wilderness. Let's put it through the fire and see if this path is feasible. No, no, I, I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, but has it been tested? See, when I know what I'm doing, I'm full of myself. And again, that's, that's when I'm at my weakest state. I'm strong when I get out the way. Right? So now God has, God has prepared something to help us to see that called wilderness. Right? Humble you. Empty of self is what humility equals. Empty of self is what humility... Because, look, humble yourself in the sight of God, you'll be exalted in due time. Not in the sight of man, in the sight of God. Bible says God resisteth the proud, but he gives grace, power, and ability to do to the humble. So the wilderness is not a punishment. It puts you in a great position to get God's grace. Great position to get God's power. Great position to be empty of self so you can be full with all the fullness of God. Ephesians 3.19. Alright? So, so with that in mind, Let's look at a major thing the wilderness does. Matthew 5. Uh, verse 3. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. It says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And what's so powerful about this is it's, it's telling you something. It's saying anytime there's an a empty, there's a filler. Anytime there's an empty, there's a filler, right? So it's saying, blessed are the poor. That's them that are without. Uh, but now it's, when it goes poor in spirit, it's a, it's, that's another breakdown of humility. It says, so blessed are them that are empty of self. Now, people that are empty of self, this is theirs is what? The kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. Right? Then it goes on to blessings are those that mourn. We did a funeral yesterday. It says, for they shall be com comforted. So you can always get a, a feeling of comfort when you're mourning or grieving. Right? But then it goes on, verse 5. See, and a lot of times mourning is, is, is any level of loss. So you could, you could have lost the opportunity for a career. It says you'll be com comforted. Right, God always has a, a feeling for a loss. You could have lost a relationship. You'll be comforted. Right? You could have lost a career opportunity. You'd be comforted. Right? Any loss. See, see, that's why the first demand should be from God, not um, from ourselves. Because if we have to comfort ourselves, we'll get into drinking, we'll get into isolation, we'll get into the depression. You know what I'm saying? We'll get into all types of vices, lusts, and different things of that nature, right? If we try to feed ourselves or comfort ourselves or fulfill ourselves. Now, now then it says, blessed are the meek. Now, the poor in spirit is, is humility, empty of self. Blessed are the meek, those that are not self-seeking. Those that are not self-seeking. So there's one thing to be empty of self. Another thing is go out and seek self. So all the choices I make are about me. So, for example, uh, a, meek, a person that's not meek, if they're attacked, they're going to attack back because they're seeking to revenge self, right? The meek person persuades in return for attack. So somebody attacking me, I'm looking to recounsel. You probably don't realize what you're doing, so I'm going to love you through it. But the person that's not meek, oh, you coming, you're up, I ain't the one, you ain't coming at me like that. It's all about saving face for the person that's not me. They feel that they're justified because somebody came at them. But if the devil was trying to get you off your game and you're locked in, you're following that narrow path that leads to life and peace. 
And he's trying to get you off of the path. He's going to attack you. He's going to persecute you. Paul said, I glory in persecutions. We just read it in 2 Corinthians 12. Instead of, oh, 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 they're going to talk about me? Oh, uh, 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 you, you, look, you, now you, you're moving towards purpose, getting your business plan together, you're writing things down, preparing for ministry, studying the word. Somebody start persecuting you, you're going to spend the last six months trying to triangulate, triangulate all the people that may know, all the people that may perceive things wrong, all the people that have been talking about you. Some people that hadn't been talking about you, but you assume they was talking about you because you saw them talking over in the corner and that the one person they were talking to was talking about you, so you figured they were talking about what they were talking about, about you. Then you're spending all time, you, you, you're going through Facebook, let's see what they said today. Like, 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 you ain't even going through your face in a book like that. Seeing what God said today. Well, I'm going to make sure I know. Hey, what? What was that? What was that? They over there. I know they know. They got to know. They told them and they told them. I'm, I'm quitting this job. I can't stand this job. No, you love the job. You can't stand the fact that you're in an environment where you don't know if people value or appreciate you or they're talking about you. Right? So your whole life is just making sure nobody talk about you now. Making sure nobody knows. Making sure you save face. Move into a whole nother location. You was about to get a promotion from the boss, but you let all the crowd distract you because they were trying to get you out of there anyway so they can get you a promotion. Right, all that because you didn't operate in meekness. Self-seeking. So, 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 so look, I'm supposed to be empty of self. Not only am I not empty of self, I'm seeking self that I should be empty of. All right? And so, 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 so this says, the per, so the, the poor inherits the kingdom of God. Those that are not self-seeking shall inherit or possess the earth. Every resource God has put on this earth. See, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth for us to enjoy earth as it is on heaven, right? This is Matthew 6.10. You know, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what he's saying is, do we supposed to... Possess the kingdom of heaven with our humility. Empty yourself. He fills you up because the kingdom of God is what? Within, right? That's what the scripture says, right? And then he said, if you don't seek self, right, you'll possess everything on this earth. We want things on the earth, but we're always self-seeking. It's all about us. It's all about us looking good. It's all about our position. It's all about our status, right? But it says the meek inherits the earth. So if I want to inherit the heaven and earth, I need to be humble and meek, Right? Right? Does that make sense? That's from the humility teaching, but I thought I'd slip that in right now. Right? So if you go look online, we got the humility teaching, get more detail. Alright, so so the wilderness renews the hunger and thirst that we've lost to be filled. So you ever like you you you, you know, some of y'all are good for this, and you've said this probably even recently in your life, or even as uh, as recently as last night. Like, man, I, I remember I used to be on fire. Or I have a real hunger. I used to be locked in. And, and what happened? Well, no problem. God is like, no problem. Hey, you want to be hungry and thirsty again? I'll send you to wilderness. Because it creates hunger and thirst. Right? And they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, what? Shall be filled. Shall be filled. <laughs> right? But when you're running from the wilderness, coming at you, you're like, whoa, whoa, man. That wilderness almost got me, Lou. Whoa. But I'm still not hungry and thirsty. And I need to be hungry and thirsty to be fit. Hungry and thirsty after righteousness. Right? So that's what the wilderness is trying to do. It's trying to forge or create that hunger and thirst again in us. Trying to do what? Create that hunger and thirst. Because the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness or all things will be added. So the way the world sets things up, it has us chasing things. And it's, it's, like, it's like, you know, it's like... Okay, if I, if, I, if I can do this, I really don't like this here because I, I keep tipping over it, but if I can do this, so I got to do it this way. Right. <laughs> I know they got to follow me. So if I'm back here and the podium is actually my, what I'm believing for, right? It's all these things that I want in my life. So back here, so behind the scenes in the world of darkness, trying to be brought out to the marvelous light, I started to call on God. I realized I need God. 
I like, you know, God, I need you. So, so, so I start to drink of his word. But the more I drink of his word, the more I pray, the more I, I do kingdom stuff, I break out of darkness and now I'm in a marvelous light. So uh, the eyes of my understanding start to be enlightened. I start to see some things. And when I start to see some things, I go, wow, hey, that's what I'm looking for. And, and so, so the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. So you, you just have to, uh, I need you to use your imagination. So as I'm, I'm pressing to seek the king, the things that I desire, I'm, I'm seeking the king, the things come to me. Now, just for this conversation, because, you know, I didn't want to have Lou drag that all the way over there to me. But picture this came to me, right? Even though I'm here. So now it came about this close. So, so it's what? It's, it's right there, right? Right? We, we talked about this before. It's like, it's right there. So what's my temptation? Now, now, when I was believing for it and it was at a distance, I was seeking first the kingdom of God, right? To draw it in. As it gets closer in hand, arm reach, I'm tempted to do what? And some of us stay in this position for years because what draws, drew us close to it was seeking the kingdom. We're supposed to draw it in is what? Seeking the kingdom. But now we're tempted to seek the thing. We're tempted to seek the, and we're like, man, but it's right there, but it's right there, but it's right there. And years keep going by because you got to stay seeking the kingdom, right? Hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. Uh, and it's about seeking first the kingdom of God, right? And this is the thing. Um, we said in the wilderness, one of the things you discover is like you can see clearly in the wilderness because there's nothing to hide. There's no uh, nothing to hide behind. So you see like the uh, you see the adversary clearly. You see the attacks clearly. But you see if it's you clearly. Because the scripture says I've brought you in the wilderness number one to humble you and improve you so you would know what's in your heart whether you keep my commandments or not. And so, so let's, let's say it's you. Let's say you're in the wilderness and you realize it's me oh Lord. <laughs> The Bible says, consider your ways, right? So let's say it's you and you, you recognize I am the person stopping me from all my fulfillment. Well, the scripture says, look, it, humility again. If you humble yourself and seek his face and turn from your wicked ways, it says he'll heal the land. Second Chronicles 7, let's look there real quick. Because even in, 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 in our culture right now, you know, you got all types of... Uh, sickness and disease and, and stuff like that. Uh, Ms. Lamar mentioned two, Deuteronomy 28 all types of pestilence and different things like that and some of it is a result of the uh, the curse of the law we, we get all that but, but I love this now this was after the glory filled the temple after Solomon built the temple and the glory filled the temple and says the priest couldn't stand to minister and uh, and it says uh well, verse 11, 2 Chronicles 7, 11. 2 Chronicles 7, chapter 7, verse 11. It says, Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house. And all that came to Solomon's heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house, he, prospered, he, he prosperous, prosperously affected. And the Lord appeared unto Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, if I command the locusts to devour the land, if I send pestilence among the people. So, so if this happens because of sin, it's the result of sin. If I allow these things to happen, is what the Hebrews translation of this says. Verse 14 says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, look, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin, look, and will heal the land. Not rocket science. See, see, see so that, that, that wilderness puts us in a position of humility. Now we have to seek his face, pray, turn from the compromise, the twistedness, the wicked ways. He says, I'll hear them. Because that's the challenge. Sometimes it's like, is he, is he hearing them? You know, you know, there's a scripture in John chapter 9, verse 31. says, God doesn't hear the prayer of the sinner. All right? He's, he's, first of all, the sinner's not speaking his language. <laughs> right? He says he doesn't hear the prayer of the sinner. It's like so much sin is coming up almost like a cloud of smoke. It's, the, it's, uh, 
it's you ever you ever uh we were talking the, oh, the, on a conference line the other day so a lot of people weren't here so they was calling in and they couldn't hear and they said you're sounding all broken up well that's how your prayers sound when you try to send them up you send up sin before them you send up a cloud of sin before you send up the prayer. So they come up to God, but it's like they're broken up. The signal is not clear. Right? It's not a punishment. It's you got too many other things that can interrupt the signal. Does that make sense? So you could, man, I pray every day. Yeah, but is it hurt? Is, 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 is a sweet smelling savor of praise and worship and love and obedience going up before your prayers making way so they can go directly to God or they're being uh, diluted right or scrambled does that make sense alright so, 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 so this, this says uh, humble yourself so that you see a humble and this is the thing in the wilderness you know God the scripture says he'll pre prepare a place for you in the presence of your enemies he'll prepare a place for you in the presence of your enemies See, in the wilderness, your enemies are exposed. And so if you see wilderness, if you are embrace yourself the right way, you can look for blessing. Because now your enemies are exposed and, 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 and you got wilderness, exposure, blessing. But some people get so frustrated in the wilderness, they miss out on what God is trying to do for them. Wilderness, exposure, blessing. Right? So he exposes your enemies, uh, Revelation 12, 6. I, you know, I'll let you read that for yourself. And I just want to read two things and, and we'll probably be done for the day. When we go through the wilderness, God wants to pull out uh, the hidden areas of our life. Uh, my wife said this this week after we were uh, talking about the teaching. Because I gave the example last week. Is you, go to, you can go all around the airport, whatever you want, but there's certain levels you can't go to. You know, and then and I said, you know, there's a couple times you go to the airport and they say, hey, 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 we need you to come over here. And they, they go and they take out all your stuff and, and they, they strip you down. So my wife said, man, you know, that reminds, me, that reminds me of like being in the wilderness. She said, like, all those things being pulled out of your bag is because those are the hidden areas of your life. That's just being pulled out like, oh, no, you can't take this. You're, you know, remember when they first started doing the because uh, of 9-11? And you start going to the airport and like stuff that you didn't know, you know, like, you know, you bring like your favorite perfume and they throw it in the garbage. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that, you know, or, you know, you had all types of stuff in there. And they'd be like, oh, no, no, you can't take this. And they just throw it in the garbage. Like, oh, no, that's my, what you going to do? You getting on the plane and you going to hold on to this? What you going to do? You getting on the plane or you keeping this? So what you going to do? You going to elevate to the next level or you going to hold on to this? That's what God is saying. What you going to do? You, you holding on to this? Because you, it, you paid a lot for this compromise? Are you going to hold on to it? Or are you going to let it go to go to the next level? Right? And so, so, so that's why after the children of Israel was delivered from bondage, the next place they went was the wilderness. So when God delivers us from the bondage and relieves us, the next place is the wilderness because just because you've been delivered from the bondage don't mean the bondage is not in you. The mindset. So they were, they, they, they still were playing off of all their training uh, with the children of Israel. Like we're playing off of a lot of stuff. We come into the kingdom and we keep trying to bring it in the way we used to be. So when so, so you hear something from the preachers, you're like, you talking about music, like, I can't change that. Why do you even think that way? Because you were trained, this music is okay. Don't let nobody mess with your wine. Oh, we can't drink wine now. Jesus turned the water into wine. Okay, in your point? Help me out. Oh, yeah, I don't want to hear about the wine. Right, but, but why are we trying to bring those things into the kingdom? You come into a covenant, you're trying to bring the fellas, all the other relationships and everything, how you operate. You're trying to find scriptures to justify how you flow. Yeah, listen, it's people trying to, hey, it's people trying to uh, justify, uh, what's that show? 
sister wives? Is that yeah, uh, sister wives, all types of stuff? Yeah, wait, wait a minute. Go read through the Bible. First of all, God talked about a man and a woman. After sin, they went buck wild with it. Nobody prospered with all these multiple people. No one. Jesus came back and said, yo, this is the way it's supposed to be. And the scripture, all through the scripture, husband and one wife. Your own wife, your own husband. It's, it's, it's 1 Corinthians 7, read it yourself. Right? But we folks are trying to try to justify stuff. No. People aren't being evil. What they're doing is they were used to a certain way of flowing. They came to the kingdom almost as a checkoff so they can get into heaven, but they're trying to hold on to their old way of living. They didn't, like, like when I came to uh, college and I played play for the team, I had a certain way I played basketball. Right? <laughs> okay, so I need you guys to do this and that. No, 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 no. Culture's like, this is how we play. You're on their team. We're coming to the kingdom of God on the team, but we're telling God and everybody else how we would operate. Right? I mean, that's what, that's what happens. You know, these guys just coming to Ohio State. Uh, they was Mr. Football or whatever in the place they was at. They was like, yes, yeah, so this is how we did stuff. You're not at your school. You're in a new place. Anytime you come into a new environment, you, you try to discover what that vision is. I, I coached the pro-am team. And I told the guys, I said, listen, some of y'all don't play pro, some of y'all don't play top college. I'm not against none of that. I said, well, could y'all just first find out what the vision of this team is? And then see where your expertise fits. Because you, you want to be a part of the team. Same thing, you come into a house. I, I, listen, we got all different types of background. We got, we got Church of God in Christ, we got Baptist, we got double Baptist, triple Muslim, whatever. You got, we got all these different things that people... <laughs> And people show <laughs> you know it's 24 different types of Muslims right. yeah from my North New Jersey days alright so so and, I, and, and I, I've been working on the documentary I've been trying to get me to see, see if my cousin was responsible for <laughs> was that Bradley my cousin since, since he was from the Masjid in North but anyway but my, my whole point is we show up with all these things no problem. But when you come into a house, the first thing you look for is what is the vision? Now here it's clear. You want to go on the website, you can find out what the vision is, you can find out what the mission is, you can find out the core values. You can find out the statement of faith. It's not a secret. We're not hiding it. Right? If you, if you get the little pamphlet, pamphlet when you come in, the vision, increasing errors with the kingdom of God, the mission, uh, living by faith, being led by the spirit, revealing God's purpose, and sharing God's love. That's the, that mission is how we're facilitating equipping errors for the kingdom of God. Our core values, children's ministry, music, uh, uh, youth ministry, it's all in there. Like you can just see, this is, this, okay, this is what this, this, this. this. So, so there, there's no, you find out the vision is now you say, I brought gifts to the table. Oh, it fits right there. Oh, probably they're not, you know, probably fit a year from now, two years from now. But it makes it easy. But you don't come in not paying attention to the vision and just go, I don't understand why they're doing this this way. Did you take time to find out what the vision is? Right? And so that's when we come into the kingdom of God and we try to bring our old way into kingdom. When we do marriage counseling, we say, don't bring a single life into a covenant world. There's rules for being single. There's rules for being married. There ain't no in-between rules. So if you're trying to be single in a covenant life, it is never going to work. That's not a negative confession. Think about it for a second. A covenant is exclusive, all in. So so we're going. We'll be 28 years this year, all in. Best of friends. That means they do all. We don't do the. to death do your part vows but it's a committed vows that we do right so we're committed based on the vows oh so now you gonna put your drawers over here now we rolling like that yeah I may change how I'm gonna do it but, but I've been doing it that way for a long time I wasn't opening car doors cause I was single and even if I was dating somebody I wasn't committed to them and I, no one taught me that not nothing personal but my family wasn't teaching me that so she was getting mad getting in the car, getting mad getting out the car. I said, babe, we can, we can just change, we can change this groove right now. I said, don't get in the car until I open it. Don't get out the car until I open it. I said, but if you get in the car mad, 
You ain't even give me a ticket. That's not my habit. Help me to help you. Right? I'm going to become more. Like I open a car door this day now. Right? But, 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 but at first, man, listen. I wasn't trying to open car doors. I wasn't even trying to take a walk. I was like, babe, by the time we go on this two-hour walk, I could have ran 10 miles, lift some weights. I could have got up 1,000 shots. And you want to take a walk? Matter of fact, I think, again, this is my worldview. I was like, this ain't all my children, one life to live. Like, no, no, the stars ain't going to be sparkling and all that. Right now, I got, I got stuff to do, babe. Now, that's where I was. I, I, listen, we, I, I don't mind taking walks. I don't mind going shopping, and it's an outing. Even though I want to go in and get out. <laughs> but I, that, no, I was like, hey, I'll call her up. I'm going to the store. You want to go with me? I already know she won't go. Right, but that's me now. I'm is covenant. Yeah. I'm not sticking to my guns. It's the way I am, and it's the way I do things. No, no, I'm trying to, I'm trying to harmonize with the new vision. I can be me by myself. Yeah. If I want to be in a covenant, now I have to adapt and adjust so we can become one. Yeah. So when you say you want to be a part, part of a family and be fitly joined, listen, you got some things got to get shaved off, man. Even when you take that little branch and you trying to engraft it into a tree, you don't just take the branch and stick it on the tree to just keep falling and dying. Yeah. What you do is you cut some of the tree. The tree, too much is given, much is required. The tree actually has more resources than the branch. So it can afford to be cut. So the tree, you carve out some of the tree, you take the branch and you put it inside. But see, that's not enough. It has to be bound. And tighten and held together for a while. It needs help to stay together. And then after a while, it engrafts, it merges and becomes one. See, so when we first come into the kingdom, we got to be cut first. Right? There's a, there's, there's a cutting that takes place. And then when, you, when things are put together, it takes leaders and people guiding you, tutors and governors, to, to keep you bound, to hold you together. You can't stay together on your own. But after a while, you, you're so, you spend so much time in the atmosphere and connected and bound, restricted. See, see, the thing about that rope, it is not the branch or the tree. What's holding it together is, is independent of what you're trying to connect to and independent of what's doing the connection. So that's why God has leaders and tutors and governors to, to tie you up, to bind you together. And when, when you stick and stay long enough, you can stay connected on your own. It's your default. But see, well, we want to come to the kingdom and we bring in self. No, we got to empty ourselves. Right? And then once you empty it, don't go looking for it. Don't be self-seeking. Right? That's how you... Uh, uh, Possess the kingdom of God. That's how you inherit the earth or possess the earth, inherit the kingdom of God, whichever way it's said in Matthew 5. Right? So, 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 how, so now you can see the wilderness is a benefit to us, right? You can see, see, it's a place or position where our style and our profile can't exist. We ain't gonna pass the test. It was all about styling and profiling. It gotta be ugly. You got to, you got this, this is what we talk about in sports. Can you win ugly? You know, you're, you're, uh, uh, moving towards the final four. We're just moving towards the final four. Division three, final four, one division one. We're just moving towards the final four. Well, pretty much every game up until the final four, we won by a point. So that means most of the whole game, it looked like we weren't going to win. We had to be willing, willing to win ugly. Everything wasn't us styling. Ali, you. Don't. It was, no, it wasn't like that. It was grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding. And a last-minute tip, we're going to the next level. A last-minute shot, we get to go to the next level. Another last-minute shot, we get to advance to the next level. Cheating and refs cheating because we playing in there, you know, in Virginia and all these different other places. No, no. It was ugly. Yo, to, 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 that wilderness winning is ugly. Now, look, look, we was in the wilderness in the first five years of the relationship. Well, first majorly two and then 
you know, just a little work to get out of the wilderness for the next three. Yeah, it was ugly. Yeah, it was ugly. Well, guess what? It's, it's wonderful. We're the best of friends. Let it be, you know, like 50-something years old, man. I don't need to be with somebody I just can't tolerate. She don't need to be with somebody she can't tolerate. Yeah, so it's, it, it was wilderness on the front end. See, we're trying to skip the wilderness. Listen, high school's doggone wilderness. All these restrictions, parents trying to tell you to do, teachers trying to tell you to do. Running back and forth. You, you know, this person's okay until they go, man, I can't, I can't have you keep doing this. You're going to have to change this mess. Well, forget you. I'm going to the other parent's house. And you get over there and be like, you know, so they trying to be nice to you because you ain't been at their house, you know. So they like, yeah. And then after a while they go, man, as much as I want to keep being nice so I can win you over, this ain't going to work. You're going to go crazy. You're going to lose your mind if I keep allowing you to do this. I'm going to have to change something. Oh, you're going to change something? I'm going to the other parent's house. Man, it's a wilderness. You bouncing back and forth, running from the opportunity to change. Running from the wilderness. Then you, the, the, don't, don't let you bolt out of the house. You bolt out of the house. I'm just going to be on my own. So now I can comfortably do what I want to do and destroy my life without anybody challenging me, holding me accountable, correcting me. I can just do what I want to do. How's that working? I said, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, because we got to end here. I'm sorry. Um, so, so, so it's not about, uh, I said, it's not about style or profile. Right, it's a. Uh, uh, I read this in the Wild at Heart. It's a book uh, on men. It said there is something else I'm after out here in the wild or the wilderness. I'm searching for even a more elusive prey, something that can only be found through the help of the wilderness. I'm looking for my heart. See that 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 wilderness is helping you to see your pure heart, the genuine you. And it's short-lived if you're genuine. If you're in compromise or counterfeit, you'll spend a lot more time in the wilderness. It's short-lived if you're genuine. If you, yeah, you notice how you confront all the way up around people, but you can't front in the wilderness. Because it exposes the true you. It's another statement I, I, I got out of, this, out of that book. You know, it says this. It says adventure with all this requisite danger. Adventure, adventure we always call our marriage an adventure. always something to look forward to. With, it, with all of his requisite danger and, and wildness is, is a, inside this wilderness is a deep longing written in the soul of us. Um, we need a place where nothing is prefabricated, modular, non-fat, ziplock, franchise, online, no cell phones, no committee meetings. It's where our, 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 our soul can really be free to operate. It's when the geography around us corresponds with the geography of our heart. So when the atmosphere is harmonized with, with what we purpose and desire to do. And the wilderness is trying to forge that. See, we think everything around us is what's tripping. Well, really, it's what's inside of us that's not helping us to harmonize every, every place God's trying to take us to. Our stubbornness, our pride, leaning to our own understanding. Do you think you're the first person that decided to lean to your own understanding? First person that heard a word, walked out and said, well, I'm not doing that right now? It's been happening since mankind. Everybody will tell you that it's prospering. Or I guarantee you, probably if you talk to Colonel Sanders, it waited until he was 67 before he blew up. You know, or, or, or any other people that waited until they were 70, waited until they were 79, 80 years old, blew up. It's like, man, I should have been doing this a long time ago. Why did it take so long? Just so God can have somebody at 67? No, it took so long because that stubbornness just kept hanging around. Every time they were taken into the wilderness, they found a way to hoard some of their selves. Instead of letting go, there's strength in emptying of self. But pride says, we'll see. I have a, a family member I'm close to. You know what I'm talking about? And the whole time, they were growing up through high school. We'll see, we'll see. I wasn't trying to prove the person wrong. I was trying to get them what they needed. They were so focused on proving that this way that I'm just testing and I haven't proven yet, that I, at least I chose it, I'm going to do it this way. I was like, listen, you ain't got to do what I did. You ain't got to spend all that time. And then their line was, you went through your stuff, let me go through mine. I said, exactly, go through your stuff. 
Why are you going through mine? Forge your own new stuff. I went through it so you can learn from it. Not so you can sit and look at me like, well, look at what you did. Yeah. Now, are you learning from it? Or you, you don't realize that little level of pride has you following the exact same pattern. It doesn't look the same right now because you're younger. But if you keep on track, you're going to discover yourself being exactly like me. Because what you despise, you become. Not because it's a, not, not, not because it's a, it's a, what do y'all want to say? You become it because it humbles you to realize, now I understand. If you are forgiven and understand on the front end, you don't have to go through the same thing. But if you're not forgiven and you don't understand, God will let you go through the same thing so you can appreciate that person's process, their sacrifice, to be an example for what you, not, what you should not do. It's, it's a humbling process. So that's why the wilderness, the wilderness don't just shows you the devil. It shows you you. All right, so if we want what God has for us, it's time to empty ourselves and not seek ourselves, humble ourselves and embrace what God has for us. So that's all. We stand on our feet.